This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 209. Hey, veterinary friends. Before I play this next podcast for you, it was an interview with Dr. Tara Bidgood, and it's fascinating and interesting, so I hope you listen. But before we get into that, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about 2023. We've entered the new year. We haven't talked about it much at all, and I just want to let you know that I have a series of podcasts planned And also, I'm going to have a few classes for you in 2023. I want you to feel free. I want you to feel in control of your life, but also enjoy your life. That's what this is all about. So if you're struggling, let me know what things you're struggling with so I can plan some of the podcasts around that. I'm going to have back some really great guests for you that I enjoy a lot. I will have Dr. Jessica Moore-Jones back on the podcast I just was in touch with her and she's doing some amazing things in Australia. Also, Carlene Bellier and I are planning some more podcasts together. Dr. Sue Sales is agreed to come back on the podcast and Dr. Um, Aaron Massacre is going to come back again too. So if there's any guests that you'd love to hear back again or any subject matter that you want me to talk about, just reach out to me on my website or send me an email. My email is jacapeldvm at gmail.com and my website is juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. So reach out to me, let me know what you're thinking, and if you'd like to get some coaching or try it out, there's a spot there to sign up for that too. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you all. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok and all those places so we can get together some more. Um, But thank you for being a loyal listener for the last couple of years. And hopefully 2023, I will bring you even bigger and better information. Oh, and I will be at the VMX conference in Orlando. So if you're going this weekend and you see me, please flag me down and say hello. I'd be happy to meet you and see your smiling face. Have a beautiful week and enjoy this podcast with Dr. Tara Bidgood. Hey, veterinary friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you. It is Dr. Tara Bidgood. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. She is a DVM. PhD and board certified veterinarian in clinical pharmacology. And she is the executive director of veterinary professional services and the medical care team at Zoetis. Did I get that right, Tara? You did. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We just met. So I I feel like um, I don't quite have my ducks in a row, but I'm so delighted to have you here and talk to you today. And I couldn't be happier to hear about this. So can you just introduce yourself a little bit more and maybe tell us your veterinary story, how you got to be there at Zoetis? Sure, absolutely. Well, first, thank you for having me on the podcast today. I'm really happy to be here and and happy to meet you. 
So I guess I was one of those kids where from a young age, I, I always wanted to be a veterinarian. I know we hear that a lot, but it's actually yeah, true. That's a lot of our story, right? <laughs> yeah. my, my dad was a fish and wildlife biologist. So I was surrounded by animals and research growing up. I grew up in Canada and I graduated, ended up going to veterinary school. Actually, I started out in pharmacy school because I was really interested in just really? how drugs worked and their mechanism of action in that science and ended up starting instead of pre-vet, I actually did a pharmacy school and then went to veterinary school after that. So I went to the um, Western College of Veterinary Medicine. And then after I graduated, I practiced small animal medicine in Canada for a few years. And then I had that bug to travel and, and still learn. So I, I looked to go somewhere different and, and do a graduate program. And because of my pharmacy background, I was really interested in pharmacology. So I ended up uh, buying a Ford Windstar uh, van at an auction, loaded my two Labrador retrievers up and drove from Edmonton, Alberta in Canada to North Carolina in the U.S., which I'd never been to. And I drove there in August. So it was a little bit of a heat shock. Oh yeah. When, <laughs> yeah. when I got I there. Canada. <laughs> exactly. But ended up going in a residency program at North Carolina State University, which was incredible. I finished my residency and stayed in academia for a while. And then I ended up joining uh, Zoetis. So it was formerly Pfizer Animal Health at the time. And I joined as a specialist. So I gave educational programs to veterinarians and technicians all around the country. And then just after several years and different roles in the company, I now lead our, our pet care, veterinary professional services and uh, medical affairs team. So okay. a little bit of a windy career, yeah. but it's been amazing. Yeah. So that's fascinating to me because you, you weren't really in practice then. You went from academia to the pharmacology and then to Pfizer and Zoetis, huh? Well, when I graduated, I practiced in Edmonton, Alberta in private practice. Okay. So actually, I thought I was going to be a surgeon. So I ended up oh. doing some extra surgery courses and practiced in a small and old practice in the heart of Edmonton for a number of years. And then I got that, that travel bug to, to explore the world. So you ended up in North Carolina. Is that where you stayed? I stayed there for a little while. I stayed there for my program and then I stayed on the academia side for a little while and then ended up, my husband got transferred. So I ended up moving back out West and was going to go back into academia, but then uh, interesting opportunity arose in uh, Zoetis and Pfizer Emma Health at the time. So ended up trying and, and joining that team. So tell me what you do now in this department, because you're in charge. I'm sorry, I have a coughing dog. My dog got kennel cough. Oh, no. He, he coughs every once in a while. So if you hear someone hacking, it's my poor <laughs> little dog. <laughs> um, so tell me what you do now in Zoetis, because I, I think um, from what I was told is you're um, working on some well-being programs that Zoetis is developing. Is that correct? Yeah, so we, we have a number of teams within Zoetis veterinary teams. On my team, we have over 60 veterinarians on the team that have different roles. Some of them 
are working with our sales representation, our reps in the field, providing education to customers. We have a specialist team. We have veterinarians that work in our inside digital sales teams. And then we have uh, veterinarians that work in our headquarters that work very closely with marketing. So we have a number of different veterinary roles within my team. And I guess having experience in private practice for a number of years, then moving to academia and then industry and research, I've had personal experience around compassion fatigue. I think we can all realize that stress and burnout was an issue in our profession before COVID, before the pandemic, but it just seemed to be heightened right through the pandemic. And and I started getting a really an, an interest in learning more. What is compassion fatigue and what kind of training or what would really help myself and, and how would I help others around me? So I ended up exploring some training opportunities and getting certified in compassion fatigue professional. And several of my colleagues at Zoetis were also interested in this as well. So together, there's a group of us who have a passion around compassion fatigue and, and really we started and we developed a presentation around compassion fatigue and building resiliency and well-being. And we, we deliver that to veterinarians in, in the field. So when we, when we visit veterinarians and provide workshops or lunch and learns, we have this training that we can provide. So that kind of springboard and what else could we do? We have all these resources, we have this interest. And that really led us to develop what Project WAG is. And I can give you a little bit more detail on that. Yeah, tell me what, tell me about that. I mean, I've gotten a lot of questions for you about compassion fatigue and all of that, but tell me about the program. Yeah, so Project WAG, and that's well-being and growth is what WAG stands for. It's an initiative that we created for all veterinary healthcare team members. So it's a platform that gives easy access to resources and tools designed for self-care and designed specifically for veterinary professionals. Um, I think we've recognized ourselves and and with the people that we work with that the struggles that the veterinary team members are going through and and we wanted to support their well-being. So it goes beyond, you know, I think we've done a really good job over the years uh, bringing awareness to the well-being challenges in our profession. But what we really need is what kind of solutions are, are available And if you start searching for them, you can get overwhelmed really quickly. There's a lot of great resources out there, but where are they? Do they fit what I need today? And and if I'm in that kind of crisis mode, I'm not sure I I have the time or the patience or even the the mental stats to, to even look at what I need at that time. So this takes all of that into account and it's very focused. This initiative is very focused on the solutions and the actions that the team members can take And there's different solutions to match a team member, what they need at that time. Um, So the, you know, the other thing I'll just highlight is we know, you know, well-being is is probably one of the most important challenges that we're facing in our profession. You know, when I see clinics, we're we're busier than ever. We're dealing with staff shortages, which I know with your your practice and your your experience as well, like it's it's stressful. And and the cases are slowing down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cases aren't slowing down and, and even thinking of the diversity of cases that we see every day. It could be a vaccine, a puppy appointment. And then the next thing we're thinking of is, is a euthanasia for a beloved pet. You know, those are extreme emotions that we go through within the day as well. And 
and our staff and our team members, they play such a, a vital role, right? They're, they're our everyday heroes, I think of them, and, and caring this way can lead to that stress and that compassion fatigue. So not new, um, certainly an issue before COVID, and, and like I said, a challenge post-COVID, and recognizing these challenges, we really wanted to offer that support to the veterinary community with some very specific resources that we highlight on the site. Now, is it is it based on like one-on-one -on -one support? Is it video? Is it, you know, clinic? And Zoetis come into a clinic and help with this kind of thing? Like, how is it designed for the, yeah. for the teams? Yeah, so we do have veterinarians, like I said, that are trained around compassion, fatigue, and well-being, and we offer a workshop. It's more facilitated discussion okay. to understand the science behind compassion, fatigue, and burnout, but more importantly, like talk about what would be a resilience. We call them resiliency antibodies. What resiliency antibodies can we develop for ourselves to provide that balance? The site is, is a website you can go to. It's, it's projectwag.org, where it has, a, like I said, a number of different resources. So I'll highlight one. One is, is that we're so proud of partnering with the Shanti Veterinary Mental Health Initiative. So Shanti has been around for a long time. They have different initiatives supporting different areas around mental health. And they recently focused in the veterinary space. So in part from a grant, a grant from our Zoetis Foundation, we sponsor this program. It's up free. We think about the number of great resources out there. The cost of therapy can be really expensive and maybe even a deterrent for someone to seek and, and find the right one at the right time. Right. So a lot of the resources that we have on this site are free and the Shanti is one of them. So veterinarians, technicians, they can sign up for support groups or even one-on-one -on -one sessions that are absolutely free and they, they support their well-being and the mental health. And the good thing is they have a mental health professional that facilitates all these sessions. So on the site is a link to the Shanti where you can sign up. I'm interested in, I think it's a six week course in a group setting with a licensed mental health professional leading those support groups, or you can have a one-on-one -on -one session. So free can sign up, but there's other organizations that do that as well. The Veterinary Hope Foundation is another great organization that offers those free support, small group online sessions. And that's the other thing, it's online. So even if you don't live in a, in a specific area or in a city that might offer group therapy, they, these are all online sessions that you can sign up for. Now, are these, um, the people that run these sessions, the mental health professionals, are they psychologists? Are they psychiatrists? Are they um, social workers? Like, how do you, how do you get these people to do these programs? How does Zoe Yeah, I do ask that because uh, I was asking the Shanti group the same question in, in all of the above. So they're a licensed healthcare professional that are trained to, uh, to facilitate these sessions. And when I asked them, like, is it hard to recruit? Like, do you, they have people in on waiting lists to help in the, in our industry and to help with these sessions? There's a big need but on the mental health professional side, there's a great interest in being involved with these programs. So there's never been a shortage of interest of people raising their hands, wanting to facilitate or be part of these sessions. Why do you think that is? Is it, Are they interested in vet med in particular? Yeah. Like, is it different than human medicine? And I mean, I know that there's a lot of mental health 
issues in, in every profession, and I know ours is particularly being highlighted right now. Do you think it's that? It could be. I, I can't say for sure, but uh, how passionate we are about veterinary medicine, people with pets are equally as passionate. So that I might find be that right. Yeah, because I interview a lot of people that aren't vets and they just love us. They just love, they love their animals. They know that bond and, and they love their veterinarian, right? So if they hear veterinarians are struggling, they, they might be raising their hand just to help. Yeah. So what in particular do you do or do you think that we can do as a profession on top of this to take better care of ourselves, have better mental health, get over the you know, create the resiliency, like you talk about, like, do you have a specific thing that you like to recommend or that you like to do? Yeah, well, maybe from a, a couple point of views, you know, from a Zoetis perspective, we're, we're focused on three different areas. One is, is still building that awareness. I think education is key, not only mm-hmm. education, but education for ourselves. Like I said, I went through that journey of really understanding how I was feeling or how my, my, my peers were feeling and to really understand what those feelings are, why they happen and, and where they might be coming from. And then the other is, is we, we can talk about all we want, but we're, we're scientists at heart, right? We're, 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 we're professionals at heart and having that research to understand these things and why they're happening, but to really test what are the proven solutions that we can do because there's individual solutions. We can do self-care for ourselves. And then there's also organizational things that we can do that can help the entire clinic or the profession. So I think we need to be focused on both of those. And then the other is just individual solutions. And Project WAG is more directed towards individual solutions, like getting help through small group therapies, but they also have community on there as well. Uh, one of the things that we highlight on the Project WAG that I think is great for clinics to check out is from the AVMA. So they do the workplace well-being program for practices. Mm-hmm. So that's that's uh, an initiative where you can get the entire practice educated on the importance of well-being and institute certain things. Maybe it's schedule breaks. Maybe it's just making sure everyone has a lunch <laughs> in the in the day and, and some breaks throughout the day to have that downtime. And I, I think one of the things that we educate through our compassion fatigue is understanding, which I think veterinarians can really relate to, is that when we're stressed and we're burnt out, we have that imbalance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems. And when we're in that fight or flight, we can't think we can't, we can't, our logic part of our brain isn't turned on and we're in this kind of threat mode. And to be able to be able to get back in that parasympathetic mode through deep diaphragmatic breathing, taking breaks, communicating, finding that uh, someone in the hospital that you can connect with and having that friend and someone to, to kind of talk through what's bothering you, all those things help with your mental health and well-being. And it's great for an individual, but we've got to get clinics on board as well so that they're all in. Yeah. So how how does Zoetis do that? Like, how are you getting into the clinics? I mean, obviously, you're selling drugs to a lot of them, but how are you getting the word out and getting into the clinic on the 
bottom line. Like I, I have a, I have a problem with some hospitals that they just don't see it or they pretend not to. So how are you getting in there and kind of pushing this initiative to, to get into the individual clinics? Yeah. And I, I talking to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you raise a really good point, Julie, because people have to be interested in it and want it. So this is this isn't something that we just show up and, and do. It's when our sales representation uh, are are in the clinics and they're talking. They know the owners, they know the veterinarians, they know the the technicians, and they bring awareness to Project Wag as a resource to the clinic. But also we have an opportunity for education, and if they're interested, and if they are interested, to be able to bring the education in, we need the clinic on board. So we need the designated time, we need the, the input and the buy-in from the practice owner, from the practice manager. Really, everyone needs to be kind of bought in that they do want to be trained and, and learn about it, but also committed to maybe making some changes after it. So it's not a forced initiative, like you said, if they just don't see it or not interested that's okay. Right. right. But that's okay. It's those that are, are kind of eager to learn more and want to make a change is where we have some resources that we can bring in. But it is open to an individual. So if you're working in a practice that let's say is not interested yep. in the program, can an individual go to the website and get help as an individual? It sounds like they can, right? hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why we've done some PR, some social media. We actually launched Project WAG at ADMA this past summer and had a presence at the veterinary conference, just trying to bring awareness to your point. An individual can go on there and there's a lot of individual type of self-care resources and tools that they can take that ownership and, and really drive their own resiliency and, and self-care plan. Yeah. So how do you think as a profession, this needs to move forward? It's it's such a big issue and we're talking about it now, which I, I find is great. And I, I talk to a lot of veterinarians that are afraid to ask for help or say they need help because they think there's something wrong with them. You know, we have this perfectionism, like, how do you think, how do you think we're doing? And then how do you think we need to do moving? I, you know, I, th I think there's been, there's been a lot of movement and that's because of, of great organizations, not one more vet, the, the veterinary hope foundation, AVMA, AHA, so many. And, and, and a lot of the, the local associations have, have really raised the awareness of it. It's not like when I graduated, you just put your head down and you work and you, you power through, you don't say anything. I, I and then you go I, home and cry. And then you go home and cry. Yeah. Because <laughs> you think you're the only one that is feeling Because you think stress, you're right? the only one. Exactly. Yeah, that's, how like, it, that's how it was, right? Right. So when you think about it, it, it starts as students and, and, and there's some great, great programs um, with the AAVMC are putting together with students to start educating them to your point like it's okay we all feel this way we all need to support each other we need to make a change in our profession and we're starting to get the resources to do it we're starting to get the education to do it and and try to do this as a as a movement throughout the profession but i think students are residents um, we just did a, a resident well-being study with the AAVMC showing, um, you know, pretty staggering results around stress and burnout with our interns and residents. And I think that research really published research highlights 
some of the challenges that we have. And, and that's a stimulus to start making changes and, and doing initiatives like Project WAG. We also have the Zoetis Pet Care Network, um, another platform within Zoetis that's really designed to help veterinary healthcare team members with efficiencies in the in the practice, which all contribute to your well-being with, with practice tools, with education, all of this trying to help educate, but also improve those efficiencies within the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it, it is such a large problem that it's going to take a lot of coordinated solutions in order to fix it, if it can ever be fixed. I mean, I think that there's always going to be some inherent stress in vet med, but if yeah. we can learn how to deal with it on a more healthy level and set boundaries so we can do better, I think I think it's always going to get better. Yeah. So what am I not asking you that I should be asking you? Because I know you're limited on time. So I want to make sure that we get it all in. Yeah, maybe just to highlight, uh, so projectwag.org for, for folks to, if you want to check out that, um, yeah. again, our Zoetis Pet Care Network is another great resource for all veterinary teams. It's free. There's just great resources on there that people can explore, it has news, videos, uh, podcasts, uh, has bite-sized information, newsletters, some examples that are on there. We've got five ideas to boost morale in your practice. Again, speaking mm -hmm. to culture and well-being. Yeah, yeah culture is a big thing for sure. Yeah, and culture ties all to it, right? Mm -hmm. If you're happy yeah. at work and you have a supportive culture, that contributes to your well-being. Sure, absolutely. There's there's information on the Zoetis Pet Care Network on you know, ensuring customer loyalty. And then the, we have some brand information we just recently launched our Silencia product that uh, supports and, and controls OA and CAT. So we've got some information on our products as well, but a lot of, of tools and resources to support the day-to-day -day activities of veterinary healthcare team members. Yeah, and that's just at zoetis.com, huh? Yeah, you go to zoetis.com. It's, it's the Zoetis Pet Care Network. Okay. Anything else you want to tell us about you, your career? <laughs> what you do for mental health? Yeah, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I think that's part of, of, of being resilient is that you learn from others and you continue to apply those, your, those else yourself to get better. And I think even through the development of Project Way, I've met so many interesting people, so many different initiatives that I wasn't even involved with. I tried to implement them in my life. I'm I'm busy. I've got two kids, a career, traveling, like there's a lot to balance there. And I try to really take what I talk about and implement it in my own life to, to try to get that balance as well. Yeah. And I would agree with you that there's so many people in this profession that are so lovely that the more people you can meet, the more people you can do camaraderie with, the better your life will be. I agree. As a Yeah. So I think you have to leave, right? I do. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, it was short and sweet and wonderful. Um, I really appreciate you being here. Um, I think this is an amazing thing. You know, I'm all about this. So I, I would encourage people to check it out. I certainly will. And it was great meeting you. And I'm just happy to have you here doing the great work that you're doing for Zoetis and for this veterinary profession. Thank you, Julie. I really appreciate you being being here and, and uh, allowing me to be on the show. One thing I'm maybe I'll, I'll leave with, because
because we have two more workshops left this year is the beyond yeah. medicine workshop. Okay. So we partner with the AHA organization and we do a, a virtual workshop. That's a free CE open to veterinarians and technicians this year where our speaker is Josh Vaisman and he focuses on the four P's of positive leadership. And I just highlight it because we have two workshops left, one on January 22nd and one on February 11th. So folks can go on the AHA website and sign up, sign up their team. It's aha.org backslash beyond and they yeah. can register for workshop. It gives them something to plan for their new year. Start off the new exactly. year. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. This is Dr. Tara uh, Bidgood, and uh, I'm really happy to meet you. And maybe we can do this again sometime. I'm sure there's a lot more things that we could talk about. I want to hear more about your journey, but I know we have limited time. So I really appreciate you spending the last 30 minutes or so with me. Thank you. Happy holidays. And happy thank new you. Year. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye, Tara. Bye-bye.